please. Chapter 14. You know, there's so much that's transpiring, and I'm hoping that you're listening to everything that's going on. You know, we've been talking a lot about the Holy Spirit since Pentecost, a little bit before and since then. And the Holy Spirit is a person. It isn't just a glob of fog. It isn't just something that's, as many refer to it as the Holy Ghost. It isn't a ghost that just happens to be used by God. It's the Spirit of God. Amen? It's the Spirit of God. He's part of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I just wanted to, I'm going to kind of break this down just in little little parts if I can. But in the book of John, chapter 14, this is where Jesus is preparing the disciples. He essentially has told them, I'm going to leave you. I've now died. I've risen. I've been spending, this is probably about 38 days by this point, maybe 39 days with the disciples. And he was telling them of those things concerning the kingdom. And of course, they didn't really have any idea what he was talking about. But he also caused them to purpose in their hearts to be faithful. And he said that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. So go to this destination, kind of like White River. Go to this destination and I want you to wait and wait for the power upon high. Well, most of the time when we are directed or guided to a place, and our expectations are usually different from what it ends up being, right? But I want you to to listen to this part, because this is Jesus' words to the disciples. Okay, this is chapter 14, starting with verse 16. And I will pray the Father, to the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Helper could be, that's chapter 14, John, John, verse 16. Another word for helper is advocate. And I just want to go really, really slow with this because this is so important. Because all I'm doing is, is I'm talking about the very things that you have personally experienced And maybe we don't have the full understanding of this. How many of you ever have needed an advocate? We've got a ring here, Ben. Have needed an advocate? Maybe not just in legal settings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you uh, ever tried to put together a vacuum? (laughs) And you read the directions, and it's like, what in the world am I... There had to be somebody else that didn't really understand English when he wrote these directions because none of this makes sense. So, no, but you end up going to somebody to help you out. You need an advocate. You need somebody to help you. Come on, you need somebody to help you. And you. And most of the time you need some help with that as well. And so the Lord is trying to tell these disciples... Listen, I've now spent three and a half years with you. And now it's time for me to go. And I am going to have to leave you. And I've been your advocate. I've been the one to explain everything. I've been the one to show you everything. I've been the one to witness to you of my relationship with the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But he says, 
get a hold of this. I'm not going to be here. I'm leaving. My place now, I've, I've fulfilled the book written concerning me. Psalms 139. We keep rehearsing this over and over again. Everything in Jesus' life had to be fulfilled according to that which was written concerning him. And so I'm sure his love for the disciples and his compassion for humanity was still vibrant. But the father said, Son, it's time to let them do it on their own. You had to. Come on, Jesus was 100% man. He bore all of our sins. He died. Suffered in ways that you and I can't even begin to imagine. Then he suffered the work of the cross, actually death on the cross. Went to Hades, the containment of that which is at that time all who had died. And the devil had a hold on humanity. He had the keys of life, eternal life, sin and death. Then Jesus went and recovered that, took the authority that he was given, took that from the devil, then revealed himself to the disciples. Then he became seated at the right hand of the Father. And I want you to picture this because surely he is king and he surely is the Son of God. But I want you to understand when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, he's going to be your advocate. He's going to be the one who continues to help us for what we walk through. But Jesus is our advocate. He's the one that has brought us into relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you would just picture, just look at uh, Kathy here with her granddaughter. Jessica. I want to say Jeanette. Thank you. Jessica. Jessica. I'm sure in your conversations all the way from Kansas City to here, Jessica probably had a whole lot of things that she was asking you. Because there's things that she hadn't experienced. But you have. So in turn, Jesus came and experienced everything that you and I have experienced and more. And I can see him every time you and I cry out, Father, I can't go any further. Jesus is saying, Dad, look at, look at Barbara Dean down there. I know exactly what she's going through. This is what that feels like, Dad. So let's send her, ministering angels, as she begins to find you in all of these difficult places, even in the hallelujah places. Let's send ministering angels to help her walk it out. And so Jesus, he's trying to explain to the disciples, I know you guys have got to get over this because I'm not going to be around in the flesh any longer, but I'm going to give you an advocate. I'm going to give you someone that you can have relationship with just like you had relationship with me. And that he is going to teach you how to pray, how to walk life out. He's going to show you the steps. He's going to reveal the word. He's going to reveal the purposes. He's going to reveal the plans of God everything that you need in this life. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Now, let's read verse 
17. Because it says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him, because the Spirit of truth is Jesus, neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, speaking to the disciples, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Or in you, however you'd like to phrase it. So often we've gone somewhere else for an advocate to help us. Jesus knew that the disciples were not going to be able to reach out to him any longer. But the disciples, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, the Holy Spirit not just began to be a helper, but he became resident within their lives to empower them to walk it out. Now I want to go to Genesis chapter 1. Because this is pretty exciting. And that's going to be Genesis chapter 1. And that's going to be verse 2. Now I'm hoping that this penetrates. Brian's back there talking about (laughs) the two Italian women in his body. They're having an argument. Genesis 1, verse 2. I mean, I mean, God, you have, you have to understand when we come together how important each one of you are when we come together. This building is just a building. But everything that is inside of you of God is brought here for all of us to receive. Now listen to this. The two Italian women, as an example, in Brian's body, that's having an argument. The left side of his brain is telling his body to do one thing, but it's like when you turn the windshield wipers on and the radio comes on. That's what your flesh does. The natural mind against the things of God will continue when God wants you to go left. (laughs) Guess what? You're wired in your natural state as a carnal Christian, as a natural man. Your mind's going to say, wait a minute, we're not going to do what God wants us to do. We know better. We know what we want. We know what we like. We know what satisfies us. Because it's all about me, myself, and I. But now listen to this. I want you to listen to this. This what's resident. This is the person that's inside of you. When he was, Jesus was asking the disciples, I want you to wait for the power from upon high. I want you to get this, because you can't not miss this part of it. The earth was out form. Void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Nothing was fashioned or formed yet. Listen to this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Who do you think created the light? God spoke it, and the Holy Spirit 
manifested it. He empowered it to become an existence. Do you think the disciples had any idea of what they were waiting for up in that upper room? When you became born again, you asked Jesus to come into your life, and you had this struggle about the Holy Spirit. Isn't that demonic? Isn't that the devil when people start speaking in tongues and they pull their bobby pins out of their hair and they start rolling on the floor? The Holy Spirit is the empowerment to fulfill everything that God speaks into existence. That is inside of you. Now let me give you a greater depth of identity. That's the helper that lives inside of you. It's a person. And when Brian's talking about this struggle... Haven't you seen the cartoons? The devil on one side, the little angel on the other side. Oh, I want you to do this. No, 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 don't be doing that. Yeah, I want you to do this. It'll be good for you. No, 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 I don't want you to go there. The Holy Spirit, the empowerment of God is inside of you. And he's saying, we can do this. You can't in your physical condition. But the Holy Spirit says, I can. All the Father has to do is speak it. See, we think laying on, laying on of hands and all these kind of things that, that, you know, there's this little formula and then Brian's going to be healed. No, it's by our faith, by laying on of hands according to his word. Those who are sick amongst you, submit yourself to the elders. They will anoint you with oil. They'll lay hands on you and you shall be healed. God is the one that chooses the time of the healing. We're just obedient to keep laying on hands and keep placing the oil on them and keep speaking the word of faith. So I can't heal, you can't heal. But when God speaks it, now's the time. What happens with the Holy Spirit inside of you? Brian's got a loincloth on and he's dancing in front of us. We're all freaking out. Oh my God! Brian's wearing a loincloth. Shouldn't he have a shirt on? Are you kidding me? He just got healed. What are you talking about? See, you... Must be weak. Uh, God had something to do with that tree falling back this week. Huh? Absolutely, He did. Yeah. You must be weak so He can be strong. Why do you think that we walk through the places that we have? If we could do it ourselves, what testimony is that? I mean, we talked about the Hallelujah song. We just watched this movie last week. The little boy that there were three little guys that, well, they weren't little, they were teenagers. Breakthrough. And they were on ice. And they broke through the ice. And you've got to hear this. This is the power of the relationship with the Holy Ghost. Now, this is really important for you to hear. I'm hoping you're paying attention. So all these people are trying to go on the ice and it's all starting to crack. So these paramedics come up and these three guys come up and they say, okay, the one little boy... It's still under the water, and we can't find him. So they have these teams that are trained, and they have these suits on that are supposed to keep them somewhat warm. Okay. So it was probably at least, what, 15 minutes before the paramedics got there? It was under the ice, underwater, for 15 minutes. So let's just say about 10 minutes he's underwater, and the paramedics are saying, 
you know, not all of us can go out. So one of them, excuse me, two of them go in the water and the other one stay out. And they have these hooks, these posts with a hook, you know, with a gap on it, kind of like a fishing hook. And they're gently trying to drag the water. Touch anything. And so by this time, it's been probably uh, 12 minutes that he's been underwater. The first guy gets out of the water and says, it's just, it's just not going to happen. You guys can't be in there for much longer. You guys are going to have to get out. And so this one guy starts to get out, and he hears his voice. Try again. Try one more time. So he goes back, and he takes that gaff, and it, Wait a minute, I got something here. So I've got something. It's for everything. So they pull this young man up. So this young man now is going through all the things of trying to recover a, a dead person that's been under the water for 15 minutes. And this guy who was the one who brought him out is just kind of sitting off to the side in the station. He's just out of his mind. He's just going through it. Now, I want you to relate this to the Holy Spirit. I want you to talk about the power, that which hovered over all things that before they even formed lives inside of you. Come on, I want you to get this. So this guy's sitting off by himself, and they just think that he's traumatized, and he's just, you know, so they try to go over and console him and say, what's going on? He says, I just don't understand it. I mean, it just it, it destroys me every time, I because I, I can see his face, and I can hear him saying it. He says, when I started to get out of the water, he says, God spoke to me. He says, try one more time. And of course, he's telling this to one of the other firemen. It was the chief. And he says, you heard from God? He says, yeah, and I don't even believe in God. See, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. When something must be accomplished because that young man was not to die. So whether saved or unsaved, whether it be a donkey, whether it be a fallen tree, whatever it is, the power of God knows how to orchestrate what he needs to accomplish. And what I want you to understand is is that everything in your life, the power of the Holy Ghost, the power that really raised that young man, because even the doctors wrote him completely off, And the mother said, you are going to do everything that you know how to do. Yeah, probably 10 hours at least. And so as we begin to see our lives and the things that are transpiring, and surely they look difficult. (laughs) You had a great life, Jess? Everything's been perfect? Over in the building next door, I've had time with this young man. You've seen him a couple times at the food bank. And uh, I invited him to come down, as it felt, because he worked on trees and things like this. And I invited him to come down if he had Thursday and Friday available. Didn't tell him what I was going to be doing. And uh, she said, well, I'll let you know. So then Wednesday night, he says, yeah, I can, I can make it Thursday and Friday. So he pulls up. And it's just him and I in that building for five, six hours. He's talking to me about, you know, the difficulty of, of life. 
Yeah. So I had the opportunity because my folks got divorced when they were when I was 13. His folks got divorced when they were 11. So all these parallels started to transpire. And so this relationship begins to. And then he feels like it's a place he could trust, so he can kind of test the waters and maybe say a little bit more. And it was kind of fun. And you never, you don't ever want to do this. But he'd test the water that something he'd done bad. I said, Kevin, I can outdo that. He says, what? (laughs) And so, as things progressed, there's a whole bunch of pool table stuff, and there's uh, new chalks and new billiard balls and stuff like this. And I said, listen, I said, I said all these aside, you might want to take these. And uh, he says, well, you sure you don't want them? And I said, well, I said, that's where I met Kathy. It was in front of a pool hall. And he says, oh, yeah, from a pool hall to a pastor. I guess that's pretty good. <laughs> See, the Holy Spirit is working inside of him through my love for him. And it really isn't what I'm saying. God is massaging his heart. There's a place that he can trust. So he comes in yesterday. And... Uh, the, the second day he came with somebody else, but then yesterday he came in by himself. And uh, I said, well, how are you doing today? He says, I'm doing pretty good. He says, listen, he said, uh, I like hanging around with you. I said, really? He says, yeah. He said, uh, I like the conversations, but he said, you know, he says, between this, of, of the work I've got here, because he said, I hadn't had any work all winter. And he says, then this morning on the way over here, Somebody calls me up and says, they got work for me. So he says, between you and him, I got enough work all summer. He says, I like hanging around with you. So that's okay. That's okay. Now stop and think about this, because you've got to get this in your mind. Genesis 1-2. The Spirit of God hovered over the darkness. God said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit says, that's my cue. Now it's my turn. And then he creates everything that is not seen to become seen. So what's a job for Hermine? Are you serious? He loves her so much. our relationship with the Holy Spirit is more important than most of us realize. Because, see, the disciples relied on Jesus. He was their enabler. Anybody ever been an enabler here? And what does that do? It stunts growth. People can't go where they're supposed to go. They can't do what they're supposed to do. They can't be who they are supposed to be. Come on, Barbara Dean. I know this, is, this has got to be reaching into the very depths of who you are. Because you're more than what you've become. And you just being a good person isn't going to get it done. But the Holy Spirit is going to clean you from the inside. Exactly. 
And see, as we begin to continue to see this uh, relationship develop, as we continue to see the impossible that's before us, why does it have to be even more impossible? Because we're getting a little bit more yielded to the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit's starting to do a little bit more. And so we're having a little bit more faith and God's saying, well, we're going to have to up some of this stuff because they're getting this. So let's just make it just a little bit more out of their reach. To get, get on their tippy, get on their tippy toes, and maybe. And then the Holy Spirit, will, he'll he'll pull the carpet out from underneath you, just when you think you can do it on your own. As soon as you think you can do it on your own, the Holy Spirit says, "Okay, it's my turn again. Here I go. Here I go." Here I go. Watch it. Watch it. Don't fall now because I'm right here. But here I go. I'm pulling the carpet out from underneath you. And then who do you look to? Holy Spirit, I need you. I can't do this on my own anymore. I'm not spiritual enough now that I don't need you any longer, Holy Spirit. We're going to be desperate for that relationship with the Holy Spirit because where we're going, no man has gone other than Jesus. And He's made a way. And so when you come to a setting where it's like, God, did you bring me here? Well, many of our choices bring us to where we end up. But that's not our destination. That's just part of the story. Because the final destination, Jesus is preparing a dwelling place. Not made out of wood and timber and metal. No, God is preparing a dwelling place, First Peter, not made with hands. Living stones. Where the Father and the Son and the power of the Holy Ghost is going to dwell. It's not just going to visit. Because really the Holy Spirit isn't visiting. We keep asking for the Holy Spirit to come. We just don't acknowledge that He's always here. Isn't that what the Word says? We just kind of get distracted. Oh, God, the electric bill. It's how much this month? I don't have that. Oh, the washing machine is not... I can't buy a new washing machine. Oh, my son just ran into the planter. All these things distract us. It's just stuff. But yet we keep taking a step of faith. And the Holy Spirit says, yeah, let's just keep going. Let's keep going. Did you want to say something, Sandra? I thought I saw your hand up. I thought you were going to prophesy. And see the hardships, the difficulties. Even with Lazarus inside the tomb. Jesus, knowing who he was, he could have walked up there and moved that tombstone by himself. He could have walked in there and said, The Son of Man, the Son of God is here. Come on out, Lazarus. 
I'm Jesus. No, he said, Father, this isn't about me. This is about you. And so now he's talking to those that are around him that can hear him. Father, I know that you hear my prayers. And that I know that this is going to take place so they know, they will know that you are. Not me. You. Lazarus, come forth. Father, this isn't for my benefit. This is because I know you hear my voice, but this is for theirs. That they would know who you are. So everything that's transpiring in your and my life, when the impossible looks like it's even more than impossible, then God's going to say, all right, I've got a plan through this. But it's not about you. It's about all your relationships. Because if he wanted to deal with you personally, be like Enoch, he'd take you up with him. But he wants you to be the expression of his love, his passion. And the power of his love. Not power, but the power of his love. Because love altered everything. Stop and think about it. When the Holy Spirit fashioned everything, when God said, let there be light. I want you to, I want, I'm hoping I'm talking slow enough that you get this word picture. Many of you have seen either the movie or the picture where Jesus is on the cross, he's died, and then this teardrop comes down, hits the earth, and there's an earthquake, and it explodes. That was a love tear. Because that was God's son that he had to watch suffer and die. That's how much power is in God's love because it altered the earth. As much as the power of the Holy Ghost created light, the tear of love, the heart of God, when it came down and penetrated the earth through His Son Jesus, it altered the destination, the path of humanity. And it brought brought it back into alignment of His will. Because humanity, this earth, spilt blood, innocent blood, it was tainted. But then he brought his son to alter it and bring it back into alignment with eternity. So whenever you're working on your vacuum... And you can't read the directions if you're reading them in German or you don't know you, you don't know what you're reading. And you don't have somebody that's in the same room with you. Guess what? You have an advocate that fashioned the universe. Say, Holy Spirit, you know what? 
This is just a vacuum, so I know this isn't any big deal for you, but it's really a big deal for me. I don't know where in the heck this thing goes. What part goes to what? That's how intimate the Holy Spirit wants to be in your life. It isn't just to bring healing. It isn't just to do these things that are so miraculous. He wants to lead and guide you in all truth so you can walk out this life that you can fulfill the purposes of what God has planned for you. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. Because guess what? You're going to make a mess of it. Amen. Because we always know better, don't we? Oh, but God, give everything that I have, give it away? Are you serious? That's not even practical. Do you know what my family is going to say about me? Come on, you've been there. Hello, Jeffrey. You've been there, right? So the simplest, what may be simple to you, good morning, I love you. He wants to be a part of everything that you do. Why? You ever read the scriptures that you're going to be accountable for every idle word? What's an idle word? Lifeless. Lifeless. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God has life. So who do you want speaking through your mouth? Holy Spirit, you better take care because I'm going to give an account for all the other stuff that comes out that side of my mouth and I don't want to do that anymore. That's how intimate, that's how much he desires. He wants to build up, he wants to edify, he wants to use your mouth, he wants to use your hands. He wants to be, because he's already inside of you, he wants to touch everything that he can through you. So he can leave a deposit of life. I mean, I have to believe when Moses handed the rod to Aaron. The Holy Spirit is saying, oh, here we go. Here we go. God, I think you're about ready to call on me. Are you going to speak it? So what did Moses do? Moses spoke it. God empowered the words of Moses. He spoke it. Aaron extended the rod. And guess what? inside of you. Don't look up here. Don't look over there. Oh, Sean, you're more spiritual than I am. Oh, I need you, Sean. I need the Spirit of God inside of you. Are you serious? Can you just... You know what? The Holy Spirit doesn't take credit. He doesn't like to have anything drawing attention to Himself. Because all Holy Spirit does is He just reveals Jesus. He says, I know you're talking about me, and I can hear him saying it. And I know, Holy Spirit, you don't, want any, you don't want any recognition, but the people need to see who you are, to experience, to know, intimately know. That's what the Word says. Have communion with the Holy Spirit. That's be in oneness, in union with the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, I'm trying, uh, in any way, any way want to bring anything other than a reverence. And the Holy Spirit will always point you to Jesus. And then who does Jesus point you to? Father. 
Jesus says, I'm not the one. <laughs> it's, the, it's the same Holy Spirit that was inside of me that rose Lazarus from the dead. It wasn't me. It's a, he just used this carcass. And when God spoke it, because I heard God speak it, I spoke it, and guess what? Holy Spirit said, here we go. Let's pull Lazarus out of that grave. It's not about us. It's not about the Holy Spirit. It's surely all about Jesus because He's the ultimate advocate. That he and He alone can reveal the Father to us. Yeah. No one else. There's no other way. Sorry. Good people go to heaven. I'm sorry. What did Jesus say? There's nothing good in me. Even Jesus said as a human being, there's nothing good in me. The only one that's good is the Father. Amen? Amen. Yes, ma'am. Well, see, I learned something. You know how you brought up by the back of the brain? Yeah. Okay. Well, see, you have a back of the you clean your rug, right? Right. But then you have a hose of that. Yes. Well, some people don't realize what the hose is. Oh, I know. What do I do with this? Yeah, I, I turned it on and I actually cleaned around my chair without having to move my chair. I'm like, this is different. Somebody knew what they were doing when they designed this. Yeah, well, I'm sitting there. I'm thinking to myself, wow, I've had this vacuum cleaner this many years and this is the first thing. <laughs> now, see, now I want you to, now, come on. You guys think that Val just talks. Come on, listen to this now. The word says to practice your spiritual senses. How long did it take her to figure out that there's something else to this vacuum besides just a vacuum? How much of the power that's inside of you of the Holy Spirit that you have no idea of who's inside of you. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I, I love the way the Holy Spirit works because you need Val. I need Val. We need each other because this is how this living church, this is how this body functions. Can you imagine what a Sunday would be like without Val here? So don't you ever not come on a Sunday. I keep score. And you get extra points at the end of the year if you don't miss a Sunday. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I have a testimony. All right. Um, <laughs> once upon a time, just many, many weeks ago, Three, five, actually five weeks ago, I was on my way home from Springfield on the Central Road. I was just seven miles away from home. And suddenly the car decided to stop. And the car stopped. And I had to get out of the car and I said, hmm, the engine is not, nothing is going. So I got out of the car and said, well, I think I have to hitch a ride. A ride. I don't have a cell phone yet. I did not replace my one from two years ago. I didn't have the money. Anyway, so one car passed by, 
And then another car said, I can't go anywhere. And the car stopped. It was a lovely woman in that car. So she, she stopped. She looked at me. She said, how about if you just get in the car and tell me the story? So I told her, well, the car just stopped. It wouldn't go anywhere. I have to get home to tell my husband that the car is not going anywhere and ask for a record to come by. So she said, well, I have to go pick up my, my, my husband who is coming home from work. But I think I can just make it. You're just seven miles down the road? Yeah. Okay. I bring you down to, to, to your home, come back, find my husband. Then I come back with my husband and come back home. In the meantime, you tell your husband what has been happening, and you know, we take it over from there, and then we take you back to the car. Anyway, this became a little long. This is a long, long story, but it's really, really good. When I got home to, to my husband, he was upstairs. I said, did you take a shower yet? Did you take a shave yet? Because of his things he does at home. Well, he just finished up the shave. So I said, honey, I have really some news for you, but you better get rid of that. So I... I, I just yeah so so okay so I I, I, I told him and said so, so we are a little bit bewildered I said okay Lord what's next that's what I said when I had to get out of the car huh what's next no phone no nothing well he the Lord orchestrated it that he gave me a lovely woman to take over that what needed to be done we called the record service later on five days later on we found out we needed a new engine, and uh, so anyway, the timing belt broke, and so I'm glad I didn't go down the hill. I went just up the hill, slow, in 20, 30 miles an hour, so the stop wasn't too abrupt when I had to, before I had to get out of the car. Anyway, the car is back. That's why we haven't seen you in some time, and uh, well, here we are, but God is faithful. I almost wanted to go into the store to go just to the ladies' room. And I thought, no, I think I better wait till I get home. I had just the perfect person to pick me up and take over from there. God, God is so faithful. Yeah, but I, I couldn't let that go. I just had to share that for us. You got it, Jeffrey. And see, the Lord supernaturally made a way to be able to get her car done. No, I don't need that. In my case, the Holy Spirit knows my limitations. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we ask for help, where does that screw go? Or where does that nut go? Or what tool should be used? The Holy Spirit would say, call your neighbor Joe. <laughs> or get your grandson over here. Because particularly with my computer and my iPhone, The Holy Spirit does show what we can do and reminds us, but he also tells us that we can go somewhere else. And that's the guiding part, the guiding part that the Holy Spirit has. That's right. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Hello, Jeffrey. You may. Yeah, just pull it a little bit further. Yeah, just head back. It's good. I want to let you guys know. I'm leaving Rotary Junction in three more weeks to go to Queechee to live there for a little bit and then move out, out of there to go down to Heartland, Windsor, Scott and Heath to live in a new place. And I'm excited. Amen. It's going to be a little hard to leave my cat and my mom and Dory 
my nieces and Doug Rogers, my uncle, and I, no matter where I am, I always love them with all my heart. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. Hallelujah. Now, see what's so wonderful about that? You know, God is the one who multiplies. Come on. God is the one that multiplies. Amen. So Jeffrey, Jeffrey leaves one cat with his mother, and he gains three dogs in his new home. Come on. I'm serious. This is how God loves us so much, and he orchestrates everything that's necessary. Whoop. Yes. I just want to say um, that if you get a chance to meet um, April and Bill Stone, they were here last week and um, with Jeffrey. They were wonderful. I know the pastors met. I think Sean was gone, but it was later in the afternoon. But if you get to meet them, love up on them. They're wonderful. They, they really do care a lot about Jeff. They've reached out to Heather. They've reached out to everybody in my family and said, you're always welcome here. We're going to start doing dinners. We're going to, you know, I mean, it, it, it is totally God. It's like having the perfect marriage where a husband is picked for a wife by God. It's the same with this family. I just mm, am in awe. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. I'm in awe yeah. at how much Jeff loves them already. Yeah. He does. And it's just like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. <laughs> and how could you go wrong with three dogs, right? <laughs> I wanted to share yesterday, I was at um, Tire Warehouse finally switching my tires over and getting my car legal, and it was really important to me. And I discovered I had some more bills, and I was on the phone in the office there talking to someone, venting, how am I going to get the money for my lights, because now I have a light out, et cetera, et cetera. And then when it came time to pay, the manager said, you owe nothing. And I said, thank you, Jesus. And he said, is that who told me to do it? Because he called me later and asked me that. He said, Belinda, when you said thank you, Jesus, you know, I wondered. And I didn't want to tell you then, and it kept pondering in my head. And he reached out to me on Facebook and told me, he says, you know, I didn't know if it was your husband's spirit telling me because I knew him or if it was Jesus. But when you said thank you, Jesus, you confirmed that for me. And, you know, you all, when I asked what happened to your truck, and you used to bring us food, and you said it was from your church, and, you know, we hadn't seen you in a while, and we wondered if you were still going to your church, and are they still providing food? And you were always good to us, and we remember that. Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. The power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll, I'll bring, I think I'm going to bring this to a close. Those that have died cannot communicate with us. Those that have died and have crossed the veil cannot communicate with us. It's not given. It's not God-given. There's a boundary. There's a barrier. But through the demonic realm, seances, palm readers, it's a... It's a uh, fabrication of the real person. They're often called familiar spirits. And you can read about those in the Word. So all a medium does is it gets in contact with the demonic realm. 
And there are familiar spirits that have been around those that have died. And so they come in contact with the familiar spirits as if they were the person. And so that familiar person, familiar spirit knows everything about an individual. So in turn, the medium just takes what the familiar spirit is telling them and then they communicate it on this realm. But there is a barrier that God has placed. No man can penetrate that. No spirit, no, no past eternal spirit can cross that. So if there are those, if there was ever a question, surely it was Jesus. I mean, if you take the fireman, even that helped save that young man, he didn't believe in God. But God communicated to him. It wasn't a spirit. It wasn't anything other than the Holy Spirit communicated to this man, you need to go back. And it really bothered the the man because he didn't believe in God. So, does that help a little bit this morning? That's what I love about our times together because we learn so much when we're having this time. And so, Lord, we, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the freedom. We thank you for all of the living parts. Because the Word speaks about we are living members. There's many members of the body of Christ. Living members of the body of Christ. And so, Father, I ask that everything that you've done this morning, I thank you for the orchestration, Holy Spirit. We contend for the healing for Brian. We don't know where, we don't know when, but we know it's coming, Father. But also keep our hearts close together. Keep our hearts very close to you and to one another. And as we go next door, Father, let us be the ministers of life. Let us speak life and have the ears to hear what the hearts of some of these people are asking and and conveying that we might be alongside, come alongside and be a heart, be a voice of purpose and hope. In Jesus' name.